Good afternoon, good morning to those tuning in to the show right now. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson. As you all know, I always get the last word. And we coming in hot today, man, with some NBA news, NFL news, little stories, some OTAs, and things of that nature. But let's get right into the NBA news thus far. As we all know, we are in the NBA playoffs, the conference finals specifically. So let's give some thoughts on the first <clears throat> matchup we got out west against the Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. Now, right now, Golden State is up in the series 2-0. It's not looking too hot for the Mavericks, man. They blew, I believe, last game. It was winning by somewhere along, I want to say 16 points. I could be mistaken about that, but they did have a large lead, uh, a somewhat formidable lead in the somewhere around the second quarter going into the third and really going into the fourth, now that I think about it, this was a team that was up. The Warriors simply outplayed them down the stretch. Jalen Brunson had a really good game. Luka had a really good all-around game. Excuse me, but they just couldn't piece it together to win at the end. It was unfortunate for them because if they would have been able to knock off the Warriors on the road, man, this series could have been so much fun to watch, but... I think this series ultimately is going to be over in five. I do think the Mavs can get, sneak out one win at home. It may be today, but I'm not fully convinced that the Mavs can win this series at all anymore. I At first, going into this series, I gave them a 10% chance. Now I'm giving them a 1% chance. Because simply put, they just seem... It just seems to be too much inexperience for them on the floor. They they are not ready for this moment. And that includes Luka. He, and it's like what I've always said. And I've said this for quite some time now. I've always said, in order for players to take the next step in their games, when you're a superstar and you're used to having the ball in your hand, every possession and things of that nature, in order to take that next step, in order to be the best you can be, you have to learn to play without the ball. That is a skill that a lot of superstar, star caliber players do not have and cannot obtain. And if Luka Doncic wants to take that next transcending level to where his game would just open up that much more, he has to learn to play without the ball. He he simply has the ball in his hands too much throughout the game. You look at guys like LeBron James. You look at guys like Chris Paul. You look at guys like <clears throat> even uh, Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant to an extent. You look at guys like that. They learn in some way, shape, or form to learn how to play without the ball. They just did. Because they understood if you want to get to that next level, you got to be able to let this guy warm up and get going so he can get his 15, 18 points. That guy could throw in six, eight points. You, you're you going to walk out there as a Luka Doncic kind of a player. You're going to walk out there and get you 25 a night easily. Just weeds. Because you're going to get majority of the looks, majority of the shots. You're going to be the one with the ball. A lot of times than not. But it's about those few key possessions in games and series without you having to be the main guy. It's just that to me, in my personal opinion, that makes all the difference in the world. 
for players who are what we call superstar caliber players. Because you're going to have the bright lights on you every night. That's just what you are. That's what you have garnered. But you have to be able to play without the ball. And until Luka learns that, I don't see him winning the championship. I've said, I've said this multiple times. I don't see him winning the championship if he does not learn how to play without the ball. And I will stand by that. But as far as the Warriors go, the Warriors look like they're just primed to make a, a finals run. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked at all if people who already are picking them to win it all. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest because this team is like a well-oiled machine. They play so well together, man. This this group has gelled and clicked for so long. It's not surprising me at all the, with the series lead that they have taken over the Mavericks. The only thing that's really surprising me about this Warriors team is the fact that they're not as good as defensively as they used to be. I mean, they did lose some guys like... I mean, I, I believe Eagle Dollar is still. He just isn't playing. They... Yeah, Iguodala is still there. Iguodala isn't the defender he once was. Klay Thompson, if you're watching the games, he's not the defender he once was. Otto Porter, he comes in and gives you virtually little to any defense. I mean, he's okay, I guess. Their best def two defenders are like Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green. And even Draymond Green look like he's taking a step back on that end of the floor. Not to say he's a bad defender by any stretch of the imagination, but... When we look at what he was as a defensive player of the year versus now, he's he's not that same guy. And it's not to say that he doesn't have flashes of that guy. It's just that on a consistent basis, he's just is not that anymore. And even despite all that, I think this team is going to win this series of five. Like I just said, I think they're the better team. I think they've proven to be the better team just through two games. If I'm the Warriors... <clears throat> You got to just continue what you're doing. Your boxing one concept against Luka is working. Just keep going. Next series, Celtics versus the Heat. The Heat actually won last night despite the fact that Jimmy Butler did leave the game. He never returned to the game, I should say, after suffering. Up, I believe it was swelling in his left knee, if I'm not mistaken. It, it, it was one of his knees he had swollen in. He couldn't return from the game. But Bam Adebayo had himself a night. And I literally, what makes this so ironic is that I literally posted. If you all don't follow me on TikTok, be sure to follow me. Last Word Productions on TikTok. It's the same name as the show. But what makes it so crazy is that I literally posted the day after they had lost to the Celtics at home. I literally have posted and said, if the Heat want to make that next level transition or compete for a title, like get in the finals again, Bam Adebayo has to be the second best player on this team. He cannot continuously go throughout this series or throughout the rest of their playoff run if they were to move on, playing as if he's a fourth, third, fourth scoring option. He has to assert himself in the offense. And... He has to do that even with Jimmy Butler in the lineup. And that is going to be the challenge for him. Because when Jimmy Butler is in the game, he's not as assertive as you would like for him to be with the talent he has. Now, the beginning of the Celtics game with Jimmy Butler in the game, he actually was still assertive. So hopefully you would like to see that be reciprocated for almost every night as much as possible. Because at the end of the day, this guy is your second best player. He's 
at one point in time, he was arguably your best player. So you have to, excuse me, you have to get this guy involved in looks. He has to take more looks. He has to look for more shots. He simply has to be a focal point of this team. Now, with all that being said, the Heat looked mighty impressive last night. Despite the fact that Jimmy Butler went down, Kyle Lowry gave you solid minutes. Victor Oladipo gave you solid minutes. I mean, he didn't do much scoring the ball-wise in terms of field goal percentages and shots attempts, but he played tremendous defense, I believe, in my personal opinion, the entire night. And I thought also that Max Strews, Gabe Vincent, P.J. Tucker, the Heat as a whole, as a team, they do the little things that win basketball games. And that's... Some of those things are coachable, but a lot of those things are also just effort. They compete like no other team on every given night. And in my personal opinion, that is the difference in this game. That was the difference in this series. That has been the difference in the series thus far, I should say. And if I had to say so myself, I believe that the Celtics, if they want to continuously make this a competitive series and pick up another game or two, they have to be able to match that energy. They they did a great job matching the first two games. The first game, they simply just hit a bump in the road and could never recover. The second game, they, they matched it. And not only did they match it, they overwhelmed the Heat the second game around. Third game, they, they didn't do that much at all. And the thing, that's the thing about Heat, you got to be able to match that intensity they play with, that grit, that edge they play with. And excuse me if I hear a dog in the background. But you got to be able to match that. And so going forward for the Celtics, that's just something they have to do. It, it's not about coaching at that point. It's about who wants it more. Simply put, that's, that's what it comes down to. Who wants to lose ball more? Who wants to win more? Who wants to jump ball more, etc.? Who wants it? And that's, to me and my personal opinion, that's what this series is going to come down to. And that's what... Excuse me. And that's what... It's going to come down to, in terms of these two teams, if they do want to win the title. Because I think that's how both of these teams excel and win. Just by outplaying and out-hustling and just start out wanting to win more than other teams. Now, with all that being said, let's get off into some NFL news, man. I'm not going to talk about NBA Finals predictions just yet. I'm going to wait till a little bit closer to time. Maybe we win both games into Game 4. Then I will enter that conversation. But let's get into some NFL news, man. So I have some OTA news for y'all. As we all know. Excuse me. As we all know by now, of course, the Titans actually had pretty rough outings these past couple weeks. Not weeks, days, I should say. And OTAs with the rookie receiver that they had drafted. And his name, I can't recall his name right now. I got to look it up now because it's going to kill me if I was, So give me one second, guys. But just, just just so you all know the story, basically people are making it a really, really big thing about him essentially just being tired in practice. He had to escort himself out, you know, just to be in the training room, I believe. I believe it was the um, facility for the rest of the evening because he was just so overwhelmingly, like he was overwhelmed by like the training, the heat, things of that nature. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And, oh my goodness, I can't find his name. 
But I can't believe I can't find his name. But I believe it's if I'm not mistaken, it's I think it's Traylon, Tra I believe. Traylon Burks, there we go. Traylon Burks, the receiver they drafted. Cause I know they drafted Malik Willis as well, but we're not speaking on him right now. But Burks, Traylon Burks, he was really, really dehydrated and seemed as if he was going to pass out in practice. And they basically sent him to the facility where he rested up. A lot of analysts got on him. A lot of quote-unquote experts got on about this. To me, in my personal opinion, this is only an issue if it's a continuous thing. If it's not a continuous thing, it should not matter. Maybe the guy just wasn't feeling 100% that day. Sometimes you just forget to skip a meal. You don't eat. Not to make excuses for the man, but at the end of the day, it's one damn practice. I'm not going to sit here and write a dude off and say he doesn't have to work after it because of one practice. It's one practice, people. Let's, let's not overreact and write this man's career already before it even has begun. That's all I'm saying. I'm not telling people to not have their takes on this matter. But the people who say he's already a bust, he's this, he's that, to me, that's a bit disingenuous. Just give things time. And the next thing I want to speak on was about, <clears throat> excuse me, regarding to the NFL, me and my co-host on Inch by Inch Podcast, if you don't, guys don't check us out on there, we on YouTube. Y'all be sure to go check us out. We are live every Sunday. We, we did do it this Sunday. Excuse me, but for sure, we will be on next Sunday. Now, with that being said, the reason I brought that up is because we was actually supposed to post our NFL playoff predictions who will make it. So I wanted to just throw this little, you know, <laughs> excuse me, this little um, Easter egg into this episode and tell y'all to tune in for that if y'all want to hear not only just my playoff predictions who I think will make it, but also my boy King Stiggs and also my man Alex. If y'all want to hear that, y'all be sure to tune in. But in other news regarding the NFL, man, OTAs week one is through the books for every team, I believe, so if I'm not mistaken. And thus far, I know A.J. Brown has been at practice. I know that Tyreek Hill has been in the building for the Dolphins. So... The new studs and new places, familiar faces, new places, looking good so far. In my personal opinion, though, I believe the one person that we still got questions marks on, that he who can still be on the move, and we just may not know it yet, is Debo Samuel. I think Debo Samuel's time in Denver is up. I think the they're delaying the inevitable. I don't think he's going to resign there regardless of what contract they offer him now because of the simple fact of how it has played out with the whole contract negotiations thus far and also, simply put, how it's been for him in terms of the fans' interactions of the situation. You're like, people have to remember something. This guy and... I believe his family as well. I believe it was online. His cousin had responded to a comment saying that he was basically asking for a trade. And basically, it just seems as if that both sides are fed up, especially the Debo Samuel side and his camp. And I just think when you get to that point of such a tarnished relationship, I just think it's time to let it go. Now, is it 
Like, is there any chance that it could be, you know, resurrected or it could be fixed, you we could say? I don't know. I mean, it's a chance. Yes, of course. I mean, money talks at the end of the day. Maybe if you just offer him the right number, he'll resign in a heartbeat. But I don't know. I don't personally know Devo Samuel. I don't know if he's a dude who's going to hold his pride and values over the dollar sign. I, I simply just do not know. And with that being said, his uncertainty of his future with the 49ers, for me, is something we should all still be keeping an eye on because I simply do not know what he's going to do or where he would end up if it does come to the fact that he will sit out this season for the 49ers. And I think that's a huge, huge possibility. And, and for me personally, I just think if I'm a team that needs a number one, if I'm, let, let me just say this. If I'm Green Bay, I'm doing whatever the hell it takes to get Debo Samuel. Personally, that me personally, I'm doing whatever the hell it takes. Because we just lost our number one at Devontae Adams. You don't have a number one now. Who do you got? What do you have to lose? Go and get the short thing. That's just my opinion. Though. But it that's it really for the NFL news, guys. It wasn't too much going on. As you all know, it's the offseason. So it ain't a lot to really discuss or speak on right now. But we're going to get into the fan Q&A. Let me go ahead and pull up these questions. Give me one second, guys. I got to like, again, if you all do not know, remember, I post my fan Q&A posting questions every Sunday. So after this show, no, not every Sunday, excuse me, every Monday. So after this show, I'll be posting the fan Q&A again tomorrow on Facebook and also on YouTube. So if you guys have any questions, if you want to ask a question, all you got to do is simply go to my YouTube channel and drop questions there. Or if you got me on Facebook or you want to like the page, add me, whatever the case may be, Last Word Productions, both names on both platforms, y'all drop your questions there. So this is the first question from Mark Kears. His question was, was Paul Pierce ever a top five player in the league? And simple answer, no. Paul Pierce was never looked at or never viewed as a top five player, top five talent, anything along those, li those, those lines of that nature. Always was a good player. In fact, he was great some years. Just was never viewed as a top five player ever. In, in my opinion, he was never viewed as that. This next question comes from Gino Peterson. What is Lucas ceiling all the time? If he's a great offensive player but a bum defender, basically... Can you be the GOAT and never have periods of being a great on defense? And this is a good question. Because I don't think, me personally, I don't believe you can be considered the greatest of all time if you can't play defense. And that's one of the biggest knocks I've had on Kevin Durant. I know, I know a lot of folks view Kevin Durant, like a lot of people view Kevin Durant as the best player in the league currently the best scorer we've ever seen, the seven-foot-tall wing guard and who could handle the ball like a smaller guard. I always said it is a crime and uh, just downright disgusting to me that he's never made an all-NBA defensive team. And if his defensive 
shortcomings is the reason why I believe KD would never be better than a guy like LeBron or never like a, a guy like Jordan, Kobe, things of that nature. He can never rank over those guys for me all the time because of his, like, the gap between his play on both ends of the ball. To me, that is too significant to overcome. So, no, I do not believe Luka could be the GOAT. And his all-time great ceiling, I think Luka has a chance to be a top, easily a top 30, 25 player all time. A top 50 is his floor for me because how he just started, he simply looks like he was born to play basketball. But I do agree with the, the comments, like I just said, though. I don't believe you could be the GOAT if you are bad on defense. To me, I just don't think that's possible. Next question comes from Kevin Wade. He said, what's next for Phoenix? And this is a good question, man, because Phoenix does have some questions and answers. You got a Chris Paul who I believe is 37 years old. If he's not 37, he's approaching 37. He's already let it be known he's not retiring. You got him. He was aging. You got DeAndre Ayton coming up for a contract. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to want money. And then you, you got another guy that probably may end up leaving. Or, you know, have other guys who may end up having to play in larger roles than they're being comfortable with. I know, first and foremost, the first guy I think of that comes to mind about that is Mikael Bridges. I mean, this is a guy that's been, he's not viewed as one of the better defenders in the league. I think he finished, what, top three, top four in defensive player of the year votes? I think he finished second, if I'm not mistaken. But at the end of the day, he's going to want money. Just like DeAndre Ayton's going to want money. If I'm the Suns, the first thing I'm prioritizing is re-signing DeAndre Ayton. They can, they can feel as if Chris Paul and Devin Booker runs that team and it will go as far as they take them with all they want to. And then DeAndre Ayton is that team's best big. He's their best rebounder. He's their best rim protection they do have. He's a very liable big with a good offensive game. He can stretch out to 14 feet, make mid-range shots. He's a great lob finisher. He's always a lob option for Chris Paul, Devin Booker, whoever throws it to him. And he's simply a guy who has gotten better each and every season he has played. I think that is worth giving money to. If you if you're willing to give guys like Tobias Harris money, um, not just not any not anything against Tobias Harris, but guys like Tobias Harris and uh who who else signs the big contract. The guys that are those caliber players, though, who sign max deals, if those guys can sign these contracts, there's, there's no way in hell you can't tell me DeAndre Ayton isn't at least worth some kind of max. That's just my opinion, though. This question says, for the same person, Kevin Wade, who makes the finals and who are your Western Conference, Eastern Conference MVPs? Now, I'm not going to speak on the, the finals question yet because, like I said previously in the show, I'm going to do the predictions after game four for that. But my Western Conference and Eastern Conference final MVPs, uh, I'm going to pick one for both teams. So in the East, if the Heat win, I'd like Jimmy Butler to win it easily. And, and then if the Celtics win, Jason Tatum will win it. Western Conference, Mavs win, it'll easily be Luka. That shouldn't even be a question. And if the uh, excuse me, Warriors win, it'll be Steph Curry. And way too early NFL predictions. Like I said, though, guys, this this next question, this came from Kevin Wade as well, but the way too early NFL predictions, 
We will be doing this on our next show, Inch by Inch Podcast. Y'all please tune in to that. We will we'll be revealing our predictions for NFL teams as well as the teams we believe that will be competitive and have a chance to make the playoffs. But we will be predicting what teams we believe will make the playoffs. So tune in to that one, man. And I will be dropping predictions on my show as well. I'm just not starting it today. I'm with, I will start that next episode, though. I will start that next week. And this next question comes from Kevin Way again. He says, is CP3 a top five point guard all the time after back-to-back playoff meltdowns? Now, let me say this. Despite the fact that CP3 now has, I believe, blown... I want to say it's four, maybe five, two old runs... Maybe, I believe it is that. Now that he has done that, and he has had some of the worst losses you will ever see in the, for any superstars players in their careers, he still is a top five point guard all the time. He, he, he just is. This is one of the best defensive point guards and floor generals this game has ever seen. He can give you 18 to 20 points per game. He can give you the 8 to 10 assists per game. He'll give you really high defense. He's a nine-time All-NBA defensive player, seven-time All-NBA first-team defensive player. This guy is a jack-of-all-trades. He is great at a lot of things, and he should not be downgraded to the outside of the top five point guards of all time because of this. Now, it does hurt his argument for being a top three point guard, which I try to advocate for. I can no longer advocate for that. If there's no way in hell now I could put him either over Magic Johnson, Steph Curry, or Isaiah Thomas. I can't do it no more. I just can't. But yes, I, I do believe he's still top five all the time. And the next final question comes from Kevin Wayne again. My man had a lot of questions. I appreciate that. Again, if y'all want to ask questions, YouTube, Facebook. I post every Monday the post that you need common questions on. It's the Q&A post. He asks, is Aiton's time in Phoenix done? And I just spoke about this as well. In my personal opinion, I believe they need to resign Aiton. I think that needs to be their first priority. If I'm the Suns, that's my first priority. Because this guy is more valuable to this team than they're letting on or letting it, you feel me, be viewed as. In my personal opinion, that's he's a, an essential piece. But... Do I think they're going to resign him for the max? No. I don't think they're going to resign him for top dog. And I think his time is done in Phoenix. I don't know where he would go. I haven't really thought about any good suitors for DeAndre Ayton. The first thing that comes to mind for me is the Timberwolves. I think they could do a trade. Because this, this was actually a bit of a discussion not too long ago. Where a Carl Anthony Towns trade for DeAndre Ayton. If I'm the Temple Wars and the Suns, I'm taking taking it. So that's the first teams that's kind of mine. If I'm but if I'm the Suns though, I'm prioritizing re-signing DeAndre Aiden. I'm I'm not letting this guy go. He's he's been too good for us, especially when we needed it most. But guys, that's it for this episode today. Thank y'all for tuning in once again. Y'all be sure to like, subscribe, comment on YouTube. Remember, I post the the podcast on multiple platforms outside of just YouTube. I'm on Spotify. 
I'm on Google Podcasts, I'm on Apple Podcasts, I'm on Radio N, things of that nature, wherever you can find the podcast at, 910 times I am there. Thank you all for your time again, and I'll see y'all in the next one.